Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number 74 for Monday, July 25th, 2016. Greetings, folks. And welcome to Gig Gab, the working musicians podcast here at GigGabPodcast.com, the show for, by, and about working musicians. But everybody's welcome to listen and comment and send in questions here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Los Gatos, California, Paul Kent. So how was your weekend, Mr. Paul Kent? We talked a lot about your week. Oh. I'm, I'm eager, so I'm going to dive right into this because you played your all-star gig this weekend, which we've been talking about for months here. Yeah, and actually, this uh, Sunday, the All Star gig was the culmination of nine gigs in in uh, fourteen days for me. So oh. it's been a pretty good stretch. A lot, yeah, a lot of music to play, a lot of great experiences, a lot of things to learn. Um, but let me talk about the All Star gig real quick. I want to. So this, I just this gig share is not even twenty four hours old for you. Nope. Oh wow. Nope. Okay, I it's, thought it was uh, Saturday night. I, I had it mixed up in my head. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. No. All right. So yeah. I'm it was curious. Five o'clock yesterday. So wow. The gig went awesome. Um, and it started, you knew it was going to be awesome because I woke up on Saturday. The gig was Sunday at 5 p.m. And on Saturday, my Facebook news feed was full of people talking, promoting, sharing, you know, getting people to come. That's and awesome. the audience for this was incredible. So remember, it was an 18-piece band. And uh, all the members of the band were talking about how excited they were to be a part of it. And uh, it is... I asked all the people, nobody could ever remember anything like this happening around here in the past where, you know, members of different bands are all invited to participate. 18 people. We had uh, three bass players. We had three drummers. We had four bass players, three drummers and uh, and three keyboard players. And they weren't obviously all playing together. They would rotate in. But uh, there was this love kind of starting over 24 hours before. And then the experience was great. I mean, the music was awesome the players played and you know the the uh the entertainers entertained um and the response again four thousand people were at the park That's the dance man. floor was packed you know people rooting for the ones that they knew and just loving the love and we were talking about this week the last week we we're talking about how this is good for vibe in your music community i mean the, the types yeah. of comments are saying how cool it is to see musicians you know collaborating having fun with each other that that spread far and wide and might be the most rewarding thing the, the playing was pretty darn close but just that uh, what we did was we created something that that felt like something really positive to people and that i think is is probably the most rewarding thing and everybody contributed to that um my friend scott who you know promotes it he did a great job Getting, he took each of the eighteen members and he did kind of a treated picture of each of them, and uh, and featured everybody in advance of the gig in a really interesting way that got got some excitement going. And like I said, each of the band members, you know, shared their enthusiasm for it, and then fans of the band members started sharing their enthusiasm for it, right, and it right. went real well. I, on my uh, yeah, it, and so it was cool. And then the playing, I didn't have any doubt that the playing was going to be good. Um, you know, I had that. Very similar to our experience with the Macworld All-Stars, right? So I had the um, 
I had a couple of people who didn't do as much homework as other people. Right. I had a couple of people who ignored a couple of key or, or said they didn't get a couple of key emails. You know, that, that happens. Always happens. Um, always happens. Um, I had one guy show up late and kind of miss sound check. So that, that happened. Um, but you know, in, in hindsight, they were, those were stressful things at the time. You know, when you get a, when you get a call an hour before, you know, where do we go again and what are we playing again? You know, that was kind of stressful because uh, you want it to be good for everybody. But yeah. um, the gig itself went fantastic. I mean, you know, we had these two of the all stars were uh, two of the great women singers in our area. Mary Ellen, who I talk about is because I play in acoustic madness with her yep. and a singing partner of hers, Amanda Deke. Amanda did at last, which just oh. blew the place up. And then she did. um uh, shook me all night long towards the end of the show, oh, nice. which blew the roof off the thing. And then Mary Ellen, full band, I mean, down to the note, we did Stairway. And, uh, you know, Nick Nick played the the recorder parts on his on his keyboard. It sounded it sounded smack on like you mashed up the original Zeppelin and the the really cool version that Hart's been um yeah. Hart's been playing. Right. Yeah. And Mary Ellen literally had tears in people's eyes. She got this incredible ovation, probably the biggest ovation of the night uh, in a night of many ovations and uh, just gave everybody a memory that was just over the top. Fantastic. Steve sang purple rain. Um, uh, we did even it up by heart. We did um, Steve sang uh, funk funk 49 with the whole uh, percussion breakdown. Oh, right. Nick did yeah. living for this city. So talk about an ambitious pickup band song, you know, Stevie wonders living for the yeah. city. Uh, uh, you know, with full background vocals and breaks and stuff like that, it, the music was sublime. And, and that's ultimately what carried the day is that um, great musicians were just getting into it. There was a little bit of rise and some people going a little bit over the top and, you know, wanting to take a few more solos or, you know, wanting to push, push, uh, uh, you know, their, uh, uh, I'm not going to say agenda, but um, yeah, I, I think they were just kind of caught up in the caught moment. Caught in the moment. Sure. Yeah. Which, yeah, that which happens. was very understandable. Right. So, yeah, and I would say again, eighteen people, no rehearsal. The Nick and and uh, Steve and Mary Ellen did one background vocal rehearsal, yep. and they covered about twelve or fifteen songs, which is incredible. But for an absolutely no rehearsal band, the songs came off almost flawlessly. The grooves were great, the performances were great, and mostly, like I said, the vibe of happiness. The reason we that thing that I think any musician. No matter how jaded you may be, how how green you may be, when you get that again, when you feel that, it is the thing that you strive for all the time. Sometimes it's just it's just musical, like you've shared that you look for those moments between musicians. We had plenty of those, but for me, it was the how the whole thing went over, and it was just how much fun everybody had. It was very democratic, you know. Everybody got their time in the spotlight, um, uh, but it was. You know, I feel I feel like together with these with these seventeen other people, we created something that uh, meant something to somebody, and that's the most rewarding thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great, man. Very very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then you, after the gig, you got me thinking. We could because we could do this here. You know. And, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's a good thing. Yep. Uh, after the gig, we had a, a nice barbecue dinner for all the musicians and all the volunteers that helped put the event on. And that was 
the love just carried right over. I mean, everybody was kind of reliving the songs and reliving the moments. What and a that smart was also thing to really do. Nice. Yeah. It was yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do that, right? We always have a band dinner when we would play the Mackwood all yeah. Oh, I got to tell you, <laughs> I did accidentally slip. And at the end of the gig, when I was about to introduce the band, I said, thank you for coming to see the Mackwood All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> Too funny. Well, you know, old habits die hard, right? That's right. Yeah. Fun, man. Well, I'm glad that it, it went, uh, you know, and it worked well. And I, I mean, I assume, there, you know, the sound was good enough on stage and all. I mean, all the, you know, all the kind of potential pitfalls we talked through. It sounds sounds like they just, you know, everything was smooth. That's good. It was really, good, really cool. That's good. Yeah, I haven't, um, you know, since I got back from from uh, vacation, I actually haven't played a gig yet, but I've been playing my drums a lot. Uh, but before I get to that, uh, and, and there's a reason I've been playing my drums, but while I was on vacation, I knew that I wasn't likely going to be playing, you know, any music. And as it turns out, I didn't. Um, but I thought, you know, I gotta like keep my brain thinking, you know, I'm, and I'm always aware of the fact that the, the thing I need to do most is make sure that like my, my hand coordination and all of that is just always developing. Right. Because if it doesn't, then it will atrophy and then I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm probably not done, but that's, you know, that's what I tell myself. It keeps me playing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on a trip, I decided I, I like one of the first days when we were in London, I decided, Hey, you know, um, here's this thing I do every day. I'm brushing my teeth. I thought, you know, I know exactly what to do. I've done it for, you know, whatever, four plus decades all by my big self, you know, and it's, but it's automatic. I'm, I'm like, I can do other things while I'm brushing my teeth. And I thought, all right, hang on, let's, let's mix it up a little bit. So for the, for the entire trip. And then since then I just started brushing my teeth with my left hand and it, it, it served the one purpose that I intended to have it serve, which was to, you know, force me to like develop this aspect of my left hand. It, um, trust me, this is a very humbling experience. Even, and I'm mostly ambidextrous too. Like I, I've, I've got pretty good facilities with my, with my left hand, but uh, this was like the first time I did it, it was like, I'm drooling all over the place and, you know, things, it was a big mess, but um but like anything, you know, you work at it and I, it's a, it's a weird experience because you know exactly what to do. You know what you're, how it's supposed to work and then getting your hand to do these, it's weird like motions that you do for brushing your teeth. And, and so I did not have this ability with my left hand and I, I trained myself to do it, but it also became this very meditative thing because it instead, it went, brushing my teeth went from this sort of background task, if you will, to a very much all encompassing hundred percent focus operation where I had to just like ignore everything else and shut the world out and, and spend two minutes brushing my teeth. And, and now it's starting to become very automatic with my left hand because I've been doing it now for whatever, three weeks. But um, you know, these are like, these are the types of things that, that I always try to think about when, and, and it, and it was the catalyst to this was a hundred percent about playing. Right. I thought, well, this will be good. It'll it'll keep my left hand dexterity up because that's if anything's going to atrophy while I don't play for a couple of weeks, that's the one, you know, my left hand goes faster than my right. So it was all about this, but it had all these, you know, 
other implications. So I just, I, I figured I'd share it here. And, and obviously folks, if you want to take the idea, run with it, but, but also let it inspire you to do, you know, think about all those things you do in your life. For example, at your computer, move the mouse to your, to the left side and start using your left hand with your mouse. Again, same kind of thing. You'll feel like a total spaz for the first couple of days and then it, it, it locks right in. And now, now you can use your mouse with either hand and you're good to go, but it'll help your, you know, your, your dexterity. I can't imagine it would be bad for anyone who plays an instrument of any kind, yeah. you know? So are your teeth clean? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I think <laughs> my teeth brushing has been effective, but uh, that first day, man, gosh, it was like, it Risky. was, Oh, it was much harder. It was like, I'm just spilling stuff. It was, it was, it was an awful experience, but it was like, I, I mean, it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I got to like learn how to do this. So yeah, it was, it was interesting, but, um, but you know, the, um, the playing that I've been doing since I got back has been twofold. Uh, number one, yesterday, I had, oh no, what's today? Monday, uh, over the weekend, doesn't matter. Uh, my friend Russ held uh, a little jam session at his house, just an acoustic jam session. And, you know, I, jam sessions are the place where I feel like oftentimes I learn the most because it's not, it's not, first of all, it's not a scripted environment, but it's also a no pressure environment. You know, there's no audience there. There's, you, you can do whatever you want. And, uh, and his jam sessions usually have at least several of us from fling, if not all of us from fling, but lots of other people too. And so everybody's kind of bringing in their stuff and just playing tunes and, and, you know, working out harmonies while we're playing tunes. It's, you know, it's not, there's no, there's no purpose to it other than, okay, we did that next. What are we going to do? You know, and, and people kind of pass the baton around and pick songs and, and it, but it's fun Having even even with us from Fling, we might play a tune that we always play, and it's like, all right, you know what? Uh, this time you sing it, and I'll sing the harmony. Even you know, if it's a song I sing lead on, doesn't matter. You you sing it, uh, you know, and we'll swap or whatever, you know, or we'll trade instruments, and you know, Russ can play the the drums on this one, and and I'll I'll play guitar, and and just you know, mix it all up. And uh, I just I find that in that it I learn so much, uh, just kind of being free to play as opposed to, okay, you know, now you're on stage and now you've got to play. Sometimes you can have free moments on stage, but there's some no, structure. I, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying because, you know, I play in two or three bands. I really don't go to open mics or jam sessions. Sure. That was actually a feeling I had yesterday. I'm playing with different people, hearing different things, finding, you know, my mind reacting in different ways to even songs that are common to me. Mm. It, it is it is part of that journey for being a, a musician is you, you got to keep getting different stimulus in order to find out who you really can be as a musician. That's a great way to put it is just, yeah, the, putting yourself in, in like different stimulus. That's it. And 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 often a, a good way to do that or one way to do it is to put yourself in unfamiliar situations, you know, and and then you get different stimulus. And it's absolutely it can, it can be great. It can also be awful. Um, but that's you know, that's how you learn. Like, that's oh, yeah. That's the thing is if you look at it as awful, then it's awful. And if you look at it as a learning opportunity and a chance to improve at something, kind of changes your perspective on mistakes and that stuff. Yeah. But I, that, that leads me to an interesting thing. So I've been playing a ton over the last two weeks. And um, I've been thinking about this and it's a conversation within my band. And do you ever have this? Isn't it odd when even if you're playing a lot and you on the one hand will get those moments where it's butter because it's so easy and so familiar. Yep. But then the very strange moments when something weird happens 
and somebody in a group or a, the group as a collective loses focus. You think you're on autopilot and the music as the music take you away. But isn't it interesting how, um, how fragile a thing focuses, right? Like, totally. you know, I, like a lot of musicians I, I, that I know of, they look for that kind of like, not autopilot is, is, is stating it in kind of a, a negative way, but when you don't have to think, and maybe that's the, what the conversation is, the difference between thinking and focus, yeah. thinking and concentrating, right? Well, it's that, it yeah, is, it's that Jocko phrase, right? Don't think, just concentrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> Easier said than done, Jocko. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> he's absolutely. right. <laughs> if you if you have to think, you're dead, right? Because your right. mind will will mess you up. Right. But but you, I think there's a tension, and that's I believe what Jocko probably meant. Um, yes, it is great when you can just let it happen. There's that 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 feeling of just uh, flow. The music and flow, perfect flow, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to have awareness and still have to work. Focus is the thing. Focus. Yeah. You, know, well, you are accountable that, for your parts. That's what, so it's funny you mentioned this, right? Because I mentioned there's two, two aspects to what I've been playing recently. And one of them is, you know, just jam sessions and that sort of thing. And the other is learning these tunes to come play with you. And that's the biggest concern. I know these tunes, right? Most of them, um, but you have different arrangements. And so, the thing is, you know, it, sometimes it's nice to to go play with other people and play tunes that you know, but that's also a liability, right? Because I know how I've played it in those other bands, right? But I don't know how your band plays it. So I have to be very aware as I'm learning these tunes of, okay, wait, wait a minute. What's, you know, how do they handle this? How do they handle that? And a lot of this is with, with playing with you is just going to happen on stage, right? Because it's it's fine and it, you know it'll it'll work. But there needs to be that communication. But at the same time, it's I need to not be overthinking it in the middle of the tune, right? I and mean, it's it's getting myself to this point that's almost impossible to 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 reach without the experience of playing together. You know, six gigs before this. That said, that. One, that first gig we do, I know we've got a couple, but that first gig we do, and maybe all of them, because there's not too many of them, uh, that awareness, I think, will certainly for me, will be higher than normal, right? Because it's an uncomfortable scenario. It, it, not that you guys are uncomfortable, but it's an unfamiliar scenario. And uh, and so, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of my rehearsal for for these tunes has been, of course, learning the songs, but also just identifying those parts where it's like, okay, there's something weird that's going to come up. Make sure you look around and find somebody's eyes so that, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause, because, and this is the hardest part I think about being a drummer is if I make a big mistake, it screws your whole band up. <laughs> I know this, right? I mean, it's just, it's how it works. If I stop playing, um, we stop you know, whether we're supposed to or not. You know. it isn't, yeah, you brought up a, a really interesting point. I was thinking about this. Um, we talk about every, nobody's perfect and no. people make mistakes. No, I, yeah, by the do? way, I, I promise you I will make some mistakes while we play together. I just hope that they aren't huge ones. Yeah. 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 But it does seem like it's fair to say that there are certain categories of mistakes that are more cataclys cataclysmic than others. Right. So, Definitely. you know, if I start a song in the wrong key, you know, yeah. that's that's bad. That's right. right. That I call, I call that cataclysmic. Yeah, that's yeah, right. But, 
But drummer mistakes, because the drums hold the whole thing together often, a drummer brain fart is um, more noticeable. And I would say this, if I play a wrong chord, even if somebody catches it. Correct. And they might not. I usually catch it first. Right. And, and, and the, the, you know, nobody dies. The, the song oh. continues on. That's right. But, but it is a, a kind of a thing when a drummer, um, when a drummer makes a decision that surprises people or loses his place or loses time, time, you know, of course, or turns the beat around. These can be cataclysmic things. These are, these are the things where looks of panic shoot around the stage. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I agree with this. I, I would say that, that percentage wise, I mean, we're all, we, there, there are a, a, a multitude of mistakes that any instrumentalist can make or any, any performer can make. Right. But percentage wise, I would say the, of the mistakes that a drummer can make more of them are cataclysmic than, than probably it's a higher percentage than any other instrument. And in, you know, in a rock band like this. Yeah. Because if I, you know, if it, and I'm, I'm aware of this every time I play and it's like, you know, I put the pressure on me, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect. It's just, I, 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 my goal is to be perfect enough that I don't make any significant like cataclysmic mistakes. Yeah. You know, if I, I mean, you drop a stick and you miss a backbeat here or there, fine. Uh, it, you know, play the wrong rhythm on the ride symbol. Nobody's going to care except me, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, um, but stop playing. That's bad. Play, you know, play the wrong groove. Think we're going to the chorus, which is in, you know, six, eight. And we're still the rest of the band still in four, four. That's that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> no, it's really bad because like you said, it's it's one of these things where no one in the band knows exactly what all of us should do next. Right. It It's. Okay, we we know what we know he's doing something wrong. You might be aware of exactly what it is the drummer's doing wrong or it might just be you might be aware that something is is terribly different from your expectation. Uh, but the question is you know where to go from here. And I think I think you know good bands that have experience together um know or or maybe have decided either either explicitly or tacitly when we get into a scenario where there has been a cataclysmic mistake, we follow that guy. Like, you know, th that person is right no matter what, even if you know in your heart of hearts that they're the one that caused the problem and they're wrong. You know, it's, it doesn't matter. Somebody needs to be right and everyone needs to agree on that immediately. Yeah, that, that it, you know, that, but that's that's hard to do when it's the first time you're playing together. It's also hard for the drummer to be the one to pull it out. You know, it, 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 it is. Yeah. The, yeah. The drummer is in a place where a, you know, it's difficult to communicate it. So what we do is we usually like, if a beat gets turned around or if a thing gets lost, usually it's me. Steve is also my, my bass player is really, really good at this. Oh, you that's know, good like, to know. We, yeah. We, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, No, no, um, this, I'm taking notes here. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, but you know, we just kind of like, Everybody stops for a second and then, you know, we count something in or we say to the head or to the bridge or, yep. you know, something like that. And, uh, and, you know, you can pull out of those train wrecks, um, but they are unnerving. And, and it's, it is a unique thing about, uh, I was thinking about this. It's a unique thing about the drummer's role in the band. It is the backbeat. It is the constant. It is the, it is the all the time thing. Yeah. Um, again, you I'd know, say, I'd say the drummer is the worst person in a band to sub out uh, second, maybe to the lead singer. Yeah. 
<laughs> and thank you for taking that on, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, but see, that, that's, I mean, I've said this before. I like that challenge, right? I, and, and that's part of it is I like going in knowing we've got to make this sound like it's, this is how it's supposed to be. And, and it's weird though, because I know as a drummer and, and I mean, there's a lot of things that I have to do, right. Um, but the hardest thing to make sure that I do in, in that exact scenario is play with confidence because almost by definition, I don't have the confidence to know that I'm going to do the right thing. I mean, we haven't played these songs together, right? So right. it has to be this phony confidence at the same time. As I'm looking around and making sure that, you know, yep, everything's going well. This is where we're going next. So, so, it, but it's this, if I play too timidly, it's going to be awful. And I mean, I know this, it's, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to put fear in your heart here, Paul, but it's just like, these are the things that I've learned, especially subbing for gigs over the years is I, I got to go in and, and like drive. And yeah, you have to play. Weird. Yeah. yeah Cause play. That, that would be almost, that would be almost as bad as, as a drummer who, is hedging his bets Correct. Know, on, on every beat, right? Because that creates no groove. No groove, and, right. And no confidence. That, well, that's it. It's the confidence. It is a weird thing. you know. The, yeah. it, and I think about how many of my drummer friends have this admiration for Charlie Watts, like the Rolling Stones are really his band. Charlie that would, would tell the, you that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Most drummers say Charlie would tell you that. Yeah. And that's that attitude. I mean, it's funny, you know, in my group, we talk about um, – how a lead trumpet player has to have a certain, you know, swagger, cachet, swagger that they are, you know, they have to be a badass to, you know, get up to those notes. And that's what inspires the rest of the section and, yep. and what, you know, brings it all together. But in a rhythm section, you know, obviously the singer, everybody has to do their part and have a good band, mm -hmm. but you cannot underestimate um, how important that constant is. And the constant is the beat. And the oh. constant, and, and not, not just the beat, not just the technicalities of the beat, but the vibe, the groove of the beat. And so, I mean, my hat's off. Drumming is, is a crazy um, oh, and by the way, science be, and skill. I'll be doing this on, you know, a borrowed kit. So no, <laughs> no right. worries there. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Those are the things that, that I, that I worry is, Dave, about. I know you and having, and having remembered the first note we played together that you took, you, you just, it's not in you to take any prisoners. You're a good listener and all that type of stuff, right. but you play. You're a player, right? You know you, that you've in got. In fact, you've never played with me on anything but a borrowed kit. That's right. So there you go. So yeah. hell, who knows where we could go, right? I was going to say, you you don't know me at 100%, and maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for this, that's a good thing. Yeah. You want to yeah, keep yeah. plausible deniability? That's it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, uh, the art and science of drumming is a really magical thing. I mean, it is, it's what you feel in, in the music. I mean, there's other, you know, there's other things that, Every instrument contributes to your emotion, but that thing that gets someone's body physically moving, you know, stems from the beat and uh, good well, drummers, you know, you certainly Joe and my band, the, the ability to, to create a vibe and you and Joe are very different drummers. Very, very different. That's, that's one um, of the things that worries me about these gigs. Oh, no, no, good, no, no, yeah, I, no, that we're, that we're so different that, I mean, look, I, I'm going into this knowing that your band, not only do you have, there's these great players that I, I want to support and play with, but it just as important is all the people that listen and even more important than that, all the people that dance, right? So these people come to the, see the house rockers and they know Joe's groove. 
Well, you have a little bit of an out here because you're playing uh, a national car show with us. And so oh, that's right. Right. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a little different. That's right. Yeah. I've already heard, you know, some people who want to see us play together who are planning to come to this. Yep. But by and large, there are people who like, you know, 59 Chevys. And, and, OK, and, yeah. Uh, so this are, isn't a house. I, I get it. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, that's good, though. Right. And because- I actually think it's going to be very fun for my band to feel the subtleties of a different drummer mm. driving and, you know, just I don't think just, it's going to be that subtle, to be honest. I mean, you know, but it's it, I think they'll, everybody will notice, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to going to say, oh, wow, Joe's not here huh? <laughs> on the set break. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll know. But it's fine. Um, I, you know, and I've I've played with you guys before. Not I mean, I think your horn section has has rotated a around a song or two at a time. Right. Yeah. A song or two at a time. But it, it it's not like, you know, Nick and Steve are strangers to me. And and that's a comforting thing coming in, uh-huh. knowing that, you know, these guys, there's a little bit of trust there, you know, mutual trust. Um, and that that's handy because otherwise, you know, especially subbing on a gig, that's my job. I get there, I get set up, but the whole time while I'm setting up, there's a conversation happening mm-hmm. and it has to be this like getting to know you thing, but also at the same time, somehow finding a way to develop trust before the first note is played and, and we already have that, you know, so, so that's huge. I, I think, I mean, it, it, it makes it a lot easier. So, yeah, yeah. It, it will be, it will be fun for us to kind of go through this together and fun yeah. to share yeah. uh, the whole thing. Cause you know, there's good things, familiarity, there's a sh- ton of material that you're kind of starting to assimilate yep. it. And you know, I think it's going to be great. I think the first set, there'll be a bunch of mental notes and then we'll cruise along. Yeah. That's right. No, I'm. I yeah. That that I think we've said it because we had to repeat the sets a couple times. So okay, yeah, over two days. So it's not going to be. You know, I think we're playing five sets over two days. I'm going to guess at least uh, one of the sets will repeated three of those five times. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's good though. That that's um. But yeah, that 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 conversation after the first set. The the good news will be if the conversation can wait until the end of the first set, things are actually going really, really well. There's going to be some tweaks and, you know, some, some nitpicks that we need to, to address and that's fine. But if it can actually, if, if nobody feels like we have to take 30 seconds and have this conversation in the middle of the first set, I think that's, <laughs> that's but that can happen. Right. I mean, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We got to like balance this. Okay, great. No problem. You know, but yeah, just going in having an open mind and, Checking the ego at the door, but bringing the yeah. conf- well, but bringing the confidence of that ego with you, right? I mean, it's put, portraying that ego to to the to the the audience without having it with the musicians. That's right. the, that's the key, right? So I'm very confident we'll be fine. Anyway, so the, the final yeah. thought of this is, even amidst a you know pretty good run of gigs, focus is something that you know I'm reminding my band members of. Don't go on autopilot. Well, as you much have as you that desire to. That's the problem, right? We know that the gigs we played together, everybody's going to be on. Nobody's yeah. going to be on autopilot because you get one chance to get it right. Yeah, but but when you're playing, yeah, when you're playing thirty gigs over the course of two months, well, you know, autopilot it that becomes that that's actually a real problem. I, I've noticed that too. You can play too many gigs. It's like, oh, wait a minute, you got to do something to, you know, liven it up, make make you pay attention, and sometimes that's a train wreck. And then everybody's on, you know, whoop, okay, yeah. rest of the gig, gotcha, <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> it happens. So. Benefits of a train wreck. The be- there people's are attention. Yeah, everybody's paying attention now, man. Yep, the rest of the gig ain't going to be like that, you know. Right. Yep. So we got to um, keep encouraging people to give us some suggestions and questions and 
We have uh, we got to get to um, that question about fake books. We got to maybe next episode we'll do that because that's right. been on the list. But I want to encourage people to send us their thoughts. You know what they'd like to see on the show, what they'd like to hear about. You know questions that you guys have. Uh, if you want some input on running your band, and uh, you know we had so much fun with those last two interviews. I think we should probably start thinking of some other people that we can bring in that would add to the conversation. What do you I think? think we, I think we got a couple on uh, on deck and in the works, and we'll keep pushing on them too. Yeah, yeah. 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 The interviews have been fun. I, I have, uh, you know, I, I actually had a couple of friends tell me, they said, you know, it was great that you had Jan Hammer and wow, that was amazing that you were able to get him and all of that. And, uh, a couple of people said to me, but you know what? I actually liked the Robert Berry interview even better. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Which was, well, you know, Jan is a certain category of musician that yeah. is, you know, up in the stratosphere. He was such a great interview and he was so congenial and so laid back you know, free yeah. Yeah, and sharing of his experiences. And it was like just talking to another musician. You almost forgot that he was in the, yeah. in the stellar <laughs> echelon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, but Robert, you know, was a very interesting story about, a, you know, a guy who started with a cover band and then moved into originals and had some success. And all of a sudden, you know, he's out playing with Carl Palmer and Keith Emerson. And, you know, that that's just a fascinating story. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Feedback at giggabpodcast.com. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, which seems to be where everybody finds us. Facebook.com slash giggabpodcast. And uh, that's uh, I think that's all we got for today, right, Paul? It's fun. We're getting, we're getting our wind back now that you're now that you're back in in the flow. From yeah, last last week trip. was a little rough for me, but uh, <laughs> today felt good. That's good. Always be performing, folks. Always be performing.